Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. Hi, I'm Thomas. And this week we've watched The Change Thing. And now we're going to argue about whether it's going to make us quit Star Trek. I was having a good time. I loved the drama. It's a great opening. It's classic. It's why I love TOS. And then suddenly Nomad was a little bitch. <laughs> it's just I trusted him. I <laughs> he killed four billion people. <laughs> I thought he was just gonna be a funny, like obnoxious guy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, he, he does kill four billion people, but because you don't see that happen. I got more upset when he killed like the four people that he kills later in the episode. Uh and I'm like, it's, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's kind of insane how this is like. What if we took the plot of Star Trek the Motion Picture, did it in 45 minutes and worse? Right. <laughs> Which kind of actually says less about the changeling and more about the motion picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I mean, too, that means cause... they progressed, though. Yeah. They progressed. Got a little <laughs> better. It's, <laughs> mo- it's TMP. Let's not give it too much credit. <laughs> That thing was literally edited on the spot 48 hours before the premiere. (laughs) (laughs) It's got lots of fun. This is a very strange episode of the initial series. It's 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 strange. I mean, it it starts with Nomad and he's... uh, uh well they they're they're trying to hail a planet, I guess, and then or a system, a planetary system, and nobody responds. And Kirk's like, well, what what's going on? There are four billion people there. And Spock's like, not anymore. <laughs> it's like this so much this episode is like weirdly vibey for how like dark it is. Like if they did yeah. it today, yeah. if it wasn't an original series still, it'd be a really grim piece of sci-fi horror. But instead yeah, I mean, we have I, a puppet I, on a stick, essentially. <laughs> a puppet on strings. Four strings. Right, was it I'll four? His credit. I think it was four. I'm checking now. The Nomad Pro. And sometimes he's just sort of cutely perched on the table, just hanging out for guys. <laughs> oh. Um. So, uh, so they, 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 they get closer to that star system, I guess, and then Nomad starts shooting at them. They get these big green balls of energy. Attacking the Enterprise, and Kirk is like, or no, Spock is like, um, each of those blasts uh, is equivalent to ninety photon torpedoes, which I thought was like, that's that was, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, and the the Enterprise could take. I think they said he said four or five of them of those. Hits. So the Enterprise could take four hundred and fifty photon torpedoes. Right, I, that was the implication. But it it was interesting to me, uh, just as a kind of somebody who likes technology that like this is probably one of the more explicit qualitative uh mentions we get of like how how resilient the enterprise's shields are but it's certainly not consistent with any other depiction of starship it's not combat even in, in Star it's Trek. not even internally consistent right in the next line the next time right. like, oh yeah no like we've dropped we're fucked right <laughs> it's and it's moving at ultra warp speeds. Right, warp 15 or something, which... 
That's it's I guess it, that means yeah that means something different in the original series than it did in uh, in Voyager and beyond you know TNG. Well, it's like in the original series they piss about at warp one and two sometimes, and then like right. here it's oh we'll go to warp fifteen. Okay, <laughs> and we discover that they're being attacked by a probe that is um five hundred kilograms heavy and a meter long. Yeah, they get a little embarrassed about that. They're like, what, what sort of intelligent life could be in there? Right, I like I like the idea they assumed that there were like tiny little shrimp people inside inside Nomad running him. The best <laughs> bit is while they're talking, you have the camera and it's like Mr. Leslie just sort of yeah. looking. He doesn't look like so like, he looks a bit stoned. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sort of stand sitting in the front, like in the, on the navigation console, just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going I, I said... <laughs> I said I'd do check on shift for him today, <laughs> and I just sort of be casual. And what the I'm not, fuck is going? I'm not on? even supposed to be here, man. <laughs> I'm a red shirt. <laughs> oh man! Well, we isn't even we... my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the other guy's name tag on it. Like, <laughs> it's like just, doesn't this say Mr. Bailey on it? Shut up! <laughs> Didn't he leave? Like, I found him in the closet. God, there's um, there's a Twitter account called Mr. Leslie, which just tweets like incredibly depressing in-universe tweets. Oh no! <laughs> like Mr. Leslie is just a sad. Hold on, let me find some. Because it's just like, Ugh, I can't find it. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I can, ed- I'm editing this. Week. I can find it if I want. All right. Um... He tweets like, hold, like start. <laughs> Like Stardate 4979.4, Mr. Spot got a bloody nose today, and I had to wipe up all the green spots from the science console. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got it. Stardate 4972.2. I got excited because I thought I was invited to a birthday party, but it turned out it was just another landing party. <laughs> Any of us could be overjoyed to complete these menial tasks in Enterprise. Stardate, <laughs> Stardate 4970.3 got captured by the Klingons and they used their mind system, which they said would make me a mental vegetable. But I didn't notice any difference. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that account. Good. He just, I'll always look out for Leslie because he always looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Because mm. uh... here, They've got a probe communicating them in old style interplanetary code. Right. And then it breaks the computer and then it just starts yelling about the fact it's called Nomad. Uh, Which is a great entrance. Yeah. Hell to love him. Well, I, I did want to go back to the photon torpedo thing because there was one big inconsistency that I thought was really funny because the Enterprise shoots one. A torpedo at Nomad, and and nothing happens, and Kirk is like astonished, like how could anything survive that much, you know, destructive energy? And I'm like, but we just said the Enterprise could withstand 450 photon torpedoes. Like, why are you upset that Nomad? It's such a weird inconsistency. He's on the other side of that. (laughs) He's on the cool side. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, Star Trek has never been consistent about how its weapons work. Right. Mainly because. Every single like, every single like Starship combat scene has been written by a different person. Yeah, I have worked out. Yeah, like every single what no two writers have written consistent like Starship combat scenes except until like DS Nine. So no wonder it doesn't. Work. Right, right. 
Um, um, for the vi- for um, the viewers, um, I'm sure that there'll be a large shit talk. Um, you gonna set this up? I need to bring that back. Yeah, <laughs> give it a drop. <laughs> it's sometimes. Um, um, yeah. Is this so, when we have like a weird like there's a weird sexually charged conversation after this? And I just no, okay, don't blame me, blame Jean, because they have this weird conversation about size for a long time. Uh, well, yeah, like how small it is and how they can't they can't beam aboard. Spock calls out Scotty and he's like, you know, it's not always about the size. Then oh, there's yeah, a you're right, yeah. like he takes it faster than he can give it. <laughs> And it goes on, like, honestly, it's like, I really think Gene was in on something. <laughs> like, you know, last week we were talking about the fact that, like, even the Star Trek writers admit Gene made everything about sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, John! <laughs> oh, <sighs> God. And yeah, so they eventually beam no matter board, and it's, um, it's the Romulan cloaking device. Uh, it is, yeah. It is. And that's all I... I know this is the first appearance, but it's just the Romulan cloak. Device. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's the, and well, it, it, it's, they took the... It doesn't have the big, white, glowy globe on it. No, it, it doesn't have the... It has no orb size. to ponder. Yeah. <laughs> As we all know, Romulan... The, the most important part of the cloaking device is the orb pondering. And right. the most, you know, the most senior engineer on a Romulan ship is the guy who ponders the orb. Right. Of course. <laughs> so... You know, then Kirk is like, "Do you do you want to come out? Come out of your ship?" And they're like, "There's no ship. It's just Nomad." And yeah, they, like, they they make some assumptions. Like Nomad doesn't tell them that it's a machine. They're just just sort of by the way that it talks, they sort of assume like, "Oh, I guess it. I guess it's a robot." And everybody's like, "Yep, guess so." <laughs> yep. And Spock's like, "Well, there was that Nomad probe from the early 2000s. And and like, <laughs> I was impressed. I don't know every, I mean, like, I was impressed at their knowledge of random NASA missions from the 21st century. You know what I mean? Like, like there must have been dozens or hundreds of them, and they happen to remember, like, this one for whatever reason. I mean, it's a bit like, oh, it's, it's, a bit like it's a bit like, whenever it's like, oh, I remember this like 200 years ago or from 100 years ago, it's like, oh, well, I don't remember. Sh- no one, rem- no average person knows the shit that went on 200 years ago. Right. <laughs> like whenever someone's like, oh, why didn't somebody mention this chip from the pre from like a prequel start like Enterprise or Discovery later on? Like, because people aren't history nerds. Right. Yeah. I mean I am. But... Are you calling out all the non I'm calling nerds? out myself. <laughs> I'm calling out myself. <laughs> so right. and then Nomad moves the first time and at this point, it's we remember incredible. the year is 1967. <laughs> we get some great nomad shots. I love the almost POV, just like if you were perched on his shoulder, coming along. I, I do like this. I mean, like, I, I, ha- I have to, I, like, between that and the music, like, I think it gives it a fun sense of menace about this, like, intruder on the Enterprise that, uh, you know, is, is very alien because it's not even alive right or it's a it's a, a just <laughs> floating robot thing and it's making it makes a noise like there's like a cat there's like a machine pulling mm-hmm. the wire mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i thought that they'd forget to dump that they just like, we'll leave it in it sounds futuristic right sure 
and and sometimes like when nomads just sort of hang in there he'll like the the it spins on the wire a little bit too much <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. so they go to auxiliary control and uh lieutenant singh is in there and he just looks up and it's just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> he's just here in his overalls trying to do some readings he's like there's just a machine in here and he just sort of lets them chat and mccoy the no matter throw shade at McCoy for being irrational. Mm-hmm. He throws shade at everyone and they all deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't deserve the extra consequences. I say the death was a little too much. <laughs> the shade was funny. It's kind of like a little roast in, in the middle of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Then the probe, like, McCoy's like, you know, you can't. How dare you? You killed four people on four planets. Kirk's like, just leave it. <laughs> Let's go. And they go chat. And Kirk's like to Mr. Singh, just look up. And Singh's just like, me. Singh's literally like, you want a cup of tea or anything? Right. <laughs> it's like, you know that TikTok noise sounds like a, do you want a beer? Dude, he's three. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want a beer? Dude, it's a, dude, it's a murderous drone. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! And then Singh turns his back for a minute, and it fucking leaves because Uhura is singing down. Yeah, it gets the... like a weird robo boner for Uhura, like for her. Does <laughs> <laughs> I mean you the had like Uhura singing, and you didn't gravitate to that spot? I would think you were crazy. That's anyway, true. Strange no. comes out of basis. <laughs> once again. Oh God! And. Yeah, so while Nomad is, um, you know, Scooby doing around the ship, we find out that Nomad was built by a man called Jackson Roy Kirk. Um, and if we want some real vanity, that's the director there. Oh, that really? picture, that's the director that's in great. Scotty's in Scotty's dress uniform. Uh huh. <laughs> which is really funny because it's it's so clearly just if you know the dress uniform, it's so clearly just the dress uniform. Yeah, I was confused by that because it's clear this is way you know pre Starfleet. Like this is in yeah. the year two thousand whatever. So uh, I think I guess they, I don't know why they just didn't have them in a suit and tie. You know, like because yeah. uh, the two thousands is freaking futuristic in nineteen sixty seven. But then, so it gets to the bridge. But Scott, he just starts whispering into the communication panel. He's like, "It's it." <laughs> he calls it a mechanical beast, which yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just sort of vibes right past Sulu trying to work. He's just like Right, yeah. It like it it really doesn't respect his face at all. It's just kind of gonna float directly in front of him. It's a lot like my cat when I'm in a meeting on Zoom and she's just walking in front of me and uh, showing her butt to the camera. That, that's Nomad during this whole sequence. God. And it's like... It really takes a turn because I I thought it was just going to be, you know, not too not too dramatic until he decides to, you know, wipe through her as memory, which everyone seems fine with. <laughs> I don't think everybody's fine with it. They are so relaxed about it. They're like, oh, we can re-educate her. What about her family and her personal connections? Right. What her- about that? Her well, whole her well, memories of her life, like, can they do they have all that too? I mean, it's co- yeah. okay. So I usually trivia at the end. 
Okay. And the trivia here is, so we find, essentially, the trivia basically goes, Uhura recovered really quickly. And realistically, the only explanation for that is that it didn't actually wipe her mind. It, um, it basically... Basically, you tell me what happens and I believe it's Star Trek. Because <laughs> yeah. essentially, basically, the, the, the phrase they use is that her memories were overwritten in the way that a communicate a computer file may have its entry overwritten but can easily be recovered. Mm-hmm. So essentially, her memory is there. They just basically poke it a bit to come out. Wow. Yeah. They I mean, didn't know that. <laughs> you could. I mean, right. then again, there's, there's also the um the Chris L. Bennett if memory serves take, which is yeah, Ahura can't remember anything about her. Can't remember much about her life experience before that event. <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> in living living memory is great because it's basically it basically is a the most of the plot is a bit weird, but it's a great basically consists of Scotty and Ahura going, man, our lives are fucked up. <laughs> like I can't, there's a short story someone wrote set right after Nomad Pro where essentially her is still not quite sure what's going on and she's like to Scotty's like you can't you can't understand it I don't know who I am and Scotty just looks at her and goes I died I was dead <laughs> for half an hour <laughs> half you an hour a rest Scotty just relax yeah, they also dead. forget about that I mean, they make jokes about uh, Spock makes jokes about dying, and you know, in the movies, but they, I guess, they forgot about poor Scotty. It's like Scotty died. Spock dies. Spock dies, and he gets a whole film. Scotty got half an hour on a bed. <laughs> this is ant- if you're gonna wipe Uhura's memory, she deserves an entire episode about how enriched her life was. Anyway. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's it's really weird that they just they're by the by the end, she's like. They, they say it'll take a week to get her back up and running or whatever. Like, what, how yeah, are... Like she's in the car. They're like, mm, we'll get her back. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's... Also... That, that's why it only makes sense if her memory was kind of like... Right. Um, what's the word? If her memory wasn't was actually... It was, was like overwritten. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there's a there's a sequence there when then uh, Nurse Chapel is trying to to teach her English, and she's That's speaking so in Swahili, right? Which is, but like, wouldn't her Swahili memories also have been like like how to speak Swahili? Wouldn't that also have been erased? So, I'd, like, I was very confused by that whole part too. Yeah, that bit did never make sense to me, unless we're trying to basically say remind everyone that Agura's first language is Swahili. I, think I, that's I mean, what like, doing. yeah, but like, did they teach her Swahili before they taught her English, and then they taught her not to speak Swahili? You know what I mean? Like, that's like I I think it's cool that they they want to say, oh, English wasn't her, you know, first language or whatever. But that this circumstance doesn't make any sense in terms of like that's how they're going to show it. Um, yeah, but... it's... yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being too harsh. It's like they're implying that. She could only she could only get like she couldn't get to English yet. Swahili was there was like basic. I don't know. I think I think well, it makes sense if you sort of go that her memory has been overwritten, right? Mm -hmm. So her first language would be a stronger core memory. Yeah, sure. So perhaps she recovered that quicker. Yeah, I buy that. I mean, if they if they if presented it in that way, I think that would have made more sense. And it's they sort just of don't like have time for any of her scenes, honestly. Yeah, this is the thing: is that this I is the take, most I've ever seen of her. The credit we give them is that not only did they 
have Uhura speak Swahili on screen, that they take time to do that, that they brought a Swahili language expert in to write those lines. Oh, they did? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Which is fun. Yeah. It's kind of like the, basically the only bit of Uhura character that we get outside of like season one. Right. <laughs> I can't believe, like, even on like the horrible principles of like 60s sexism, we didn't get like a full Uhura episode. Like, even if it was for the worst reasons, <laughs> we didn't even get that. You know what, Olivia? You know what would have been the Uhura episode? Oh no. no it would have been the reverse slavery episode. That would have been now. the Uhura episode. Oh, I remember You now, understand. Um, we weren't ready. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is the thing. God. Damn it, Gene. <laughs> um. So yeah, there. It's funny because Noma's like, "Oh, I killed him." Kirk's like, "I needed him." He's like, "Want me to fix him?" <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of goes, and McCoy's like, "Well, don't look at fucking me. He's dead. <laughs> That's my speciality. Dead people. Can't do the analyze. I can't do the live." <laughs> and did we all get that weird sexist conversation again? This episode has undertones, guys. Trust me. Which have... conversation? Where, the, it's when, well... um, who says it? It says that unit is a woman. And then, like, no bad response. It's, oh, it's a mass of conflicting impulses. And, like, yeah, I think Spock cute. says that her is a woman. Yeah, that's why Nomad, <laughs> Nomad saw that uh, erased her as mine for being a woman, which is like. Dax and Royka, shit That's the implication. Sure. Uh, it, yeah, that was that was super shitty. <laughs> um, so, so Nomad goes to Costco Medical School, right? They, he, uh, he just they just flash from a bunch of medical tapes, and he's like, "Well, if uh, if this is how you do it, then then yeah, I can fix your boy," uh, and. And then I think they just go down and and do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, how much power did this other? Well, I guess we'll come to it later. But yeah. Nomad is basically omnipotent. He can bring people back from the dead. It's right. getting a little bit absurd, but sure, we want we all want Scotty back. <laughs> um, <sighs> I mean, I want Scotty back. You don't sound particularly pleased about it, Olivia. Huh? <laughs> I wasn't doing a Scotty this. I want Scotty back too. Okay. I love the little guy. So Spock's like, you see, now I would like to study it. Mm-hmm. So he kind of sits in a room with it for a bit and no one's like, I like this unit. It's well ordered. Right. <laughs> and Kurt sort of goes, right. Well, and did you know, I mean, I felt like Spock was kind of, he felt good about it, you know, that Spock was felt very flattered that this uh, highly sophisticated machine was was paying him a compliment. Mm. I don't know. It just seemed like he was being a little smug in his chair. That's just yeah. Spock's basic nature. <laughs> Smug little guy. <laughs> and then he has this like very intense mind meld where he starts sort of I don't know, Nomad's he, connection is obviously too strong. He becomes part of, of Nomad. Yeah, and then Kirk sort of grips him like, I don't know, it was cute. He's so <laughs> concerned he's going to lose another one, but it was cute, okay? Is is this the first time we saw uh, Spock mind meld with a machine? 
Um, or is he did he mind meld with Landry? I don't remember. But it, 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 when I saw this, I thought it was interesting because obviously later he does mind meld with Viger in Star Trek Motion Picture. And then uh, I remember a lot of people giving Picard guff because one of the soon androids could mind meld. And, uh, and then after seeing this, I'm like, well, I guess why wouldn't it work the other way too? Um, uh, you know, at least there's precedent for organic and machines mind melding somehow, however it works. However it yeah, works. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Listen, Star Trek basically thinks Star Trek basically justifies magic within its own logic, so it's not. Mm-hmm. It's yep. <laughs> but I mean, the mm-hmm. I was thinking about how how clever or useful or easy, anyway, the, the mind meld is a, as a plot MacGuffin in terms of, oh, now I immediately understand the antagonist's motivations and, and backstory. <laughs> and all right. we have to do is watch Leonard Nimoy act for about 10 minutes. R- right. <laughs> um, I mean, they had to do it again with TNG and the Betazoids, so... Mm-hmm. It's tradition. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's a so, that's tradition. I mean, one of the things that, the, that it's helpful as a storytelling device for Star Trek is, you know, uh, if you are you have a story about trying to understand other other people that are very different from you, like having that as a shortcut, a very sort of like turbo powered empathy, right? That makes it like possible in some ways where it might not be otherwise. So I, I just thought it was interesting uh, as a way of um, crossing those bridges that otherwise might not be able to be crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it probably God. saved us some very convoluted um, explanations of why these two groups can understand each other. So right. <laughs> it was fed. For the best. So we get out of this mind meld, though, that um, so Nomad, which was designed to seek out new life, crashed into a, a probe that was designed to sterilize soil samples. And somehow that turns into my perp by a nomad, my purpose is to sterilize new life. Right. Well, he. It's so uh, I complex, guess. <laughs> but he just takes key words from like a sentence and becomes right. a <laughs> He's like he's like <laughs> a student who's gone to a lecture. And he's only read like he's skim read the source he wanted to read like half an hour yeah. beforehand and highlighted specific words. And you hear him start talking about it. The more and more he talks, he realizes that he has no fucking clue what he's saying, but he has to keep going now. Right. <laughs> he, he already raised his hand. Yeah. <laughs> He's already raised his hand. He's already said he disagrees with the lecturer. So he's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, I I guess it, it was Nomad, the original Nomad, its purpose was to seek out life. And then I guess that, that just got... It's like a, you know, the... The, when you in programming, I forget the name for it, but the just uh, when you affix one thing to another thing, literally just like do this and this, right? And so seek out life and sterilize it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mad, I don't believe that you can. Why? Well, I, I just, I don't know. They set him up too big, and it just seems like this is a massive, a massive failure for such a complex robot. Yeah, because Kirk's like, we've kind of got to destroy it now. 
and then Nova decides to go for a walk and just bleeps itself through the fourth field and then just vaporizes the cards. Right. Nomad's Nomad's uh, use of force protocols are wildly inconsistent in this episode. Because yeah. he, vap- <laughs> he vaporizes the guards, the but then he just knocks out Nurse Chapel. I don't. It's unclear to me if the people in engineering later on survive. Um, I because uh, Kirk goes and checks one's pulse, and I can't work out if the look is a thank God or a fuck. Yeah, I yeah, I, I could not. Alive. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think they're alive. Okay, well that's good. But I mean, like, um, why would Nomad care? Why would he spare some people and and vaporize the guards? I guess the guards were armed and other people weren't. Nomad is a gentleman. He won't kill a woman. <laughs> he kills four billion people. Right. Yay. <laughs> but not. Well, we didn't see that, John. John. <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't have the budget for it, so it didn't happen. <laughs> so instead, he goes and tinkers with the warp reactor, and Scotty's like, everyone get away from the fucking thing. <laughs> and then it shunts them up to warp 11. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, fast. Not, not, not the ship designed for. Don't, don't overclock it. Right. <laughs> Was it 57% and, efficiency increase? Which... Yeah. And Kirk's like, like, you, you gotta... know that's a bit problematic, but mm-hmm. maybe not. And Kirk's, he's like, oh, but it's so imperfect and biological. And Kirk's like, I'm biological. It's like, and it sort of goes, fuck you, you're not my real dad. Right, yeah, and then and Everyone you get a lot of POV. A rough day. <laughs> um, you get a lot of POV after that of Nomad just kind of storming through the ship. It's kind of entered its teenage years, where it's just uh, open rebellion against its uh, against its self-styled mother, as Kirk says. <laughs> yeah, and it, it vaporizes two more guards who just ah sucks. Times. And it, it goes up a Jeffrey's tube and then it cuts life support. It's going to kill everyone. So Kirk <laughs> grabs down to engineering and we begin, you know, the, one of the most iconic Kirk moment killing God. Right. With pork. Right. This really was <laughs> the precursor to the motion picture. Huh? Yep. Yeah, except no nonce kissing. No, there is no, no, a nonce doesn't get to merge with the machine. <laughs> like every, oh, it's like motion pictures getting renaissance right now, and that's great. But also, Matt Decker's actor was sent to prison for sexual offenses. Yeah, oh that's a that's a real stain on that movie. It, it it sucks. There's, I mean, yeah, there's kind of like not much we can do about it. No, like he just sucks. <laughs> but but yeah. you know this. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, the episode suddenly gets like super high stakes, right? When they realize that Nomad knows where Earth is and is probably going to take the Enterprise there and kill everyone. Like usually in TOS, like that there aren't stakes that like the Enterprise might be destroyed. But like, yeah, you know, well, the idea that Nomad can wipe out humanity is uh, is uh, pretty wild. It's kind of doomsday machine stakes. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, uh, I wasn't worried. This isn't Battlestar Galactica. They're not going to kill everyone. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah, it is a bit like Battlestar Galactica, but more cap. <laughs> oh, Stephen Cole, I just checked. The Will Decker actor is still alive. It's just his career. His, the line of his Wikipedia is really funny. It just it's says, just... His, his career ended in 2014. 
the year he confessed to sexual misconduct against multiple minors. <laughs> it's not oh, even like he just yeah, it's just like oh yeah, he he was a monster, and then just every he just stopped working forever. Yeah, well, he's alive. Yeah. It's only his career that's dead. Okay. Yep, <laughs> he was going to be in Ted Two. Ted in Two what? as well. He was going to end up in Ted Two as well. Ted. What? Really? Okay. You know as... what? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's wild. Anyway, Stephen Collins, fucker. Where <laughs> were we? Um. Uh, Kirk was uh, arguing with God. Yeah, and he's kind of telling it like, you know, I'm imperfect, biological perfect, your creator isn't perfect. And it's kind of like, I don't give a fuck. But Kirk's like, hey, you thought I was your creator, right? And it goes, yeah, it's like, I'm not your creator, I'm just a guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a random guy. I'm imperfect. You're imperfect. Yeah, you were wrong. embarrassing for Nomad. You yeah. were wrong. That that means you should kill yourself. And no, but it's sort of like, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's really as well. There's not even like a. <laughs> doesn't even argue. It's like, and Kirk and, and Spock's like, that's very logical. We should get it. We should get it out of him before it kills us. Right. <laughs> we are in grave danger, which I thought the delivery on that line was, was pretty great. <laughs> God. I did like I did like that they remembered how heavy he uh, Nomad was, and they brought those little like uh, anti graph anti graph sled things. I thought that was kind of a cool detail. That was fun. So they take it to the transport, and they beam it into space, and it explodes, and everybody's very pleased with themselves. And they they just sort of forgot about the four dead guys and the four billion other dead people. An entire civilization is just gone. <laughs> God. And then on the bridge, Spock's like, my congratulations, Kirk. A dazzling display of logic. And Kirk goes, you didn't think I had it in, did you, Spock? And Spock just deadpans, no, sir. And <laughs> Kirk looks so offended. <laughs> He's just like, fuck you. There's no time for their flirting on the bridge, honestly. Uh-huh. And then Kirk's like, Spock's like, well, it's a shame, you know, we could have been studying. Kirk's like, don't, you know, I feel bad too. That's, I, my son is dead. Right, McCoy, <laughs> McCoy and Spock are like, "What?" It's like you know, my son. He he was so bright and promising. He brought Scotty back from life. You know, my son, the doctor, the, the doctor. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> Captain Kirk. That machine killed four billion people, right? <laughs> Including like people on your crew. Like, I guess nobody liked those guys. <laughs> I like to imagine that everyone on the bridge laughs. And someone goes. Didn't they kill four billion people? Everyone sort of goes like that was wow. my cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things. We were going to make married. We were engaged. <laughs> it's one of those Everybody Are you call the... his parents. <laughs> everyone at the time laughs, and like a week later, everyone remembers it and goes, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I really don't know. It's like like Scotty and like Sulu and Scotty are like later, and Sulu tells Scotty about the joke, and Scotty just goes, "I died." Right. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, but it was funny. And it's like, I die. <laughs> he had like, the chillest you... time out of anyone, honestly. Scotty <laughs> saw the black mountain. All he has to show is his lousy, lousy t shirt. <laughs> what an episode. So, <sighs> trivia wise, um. Yeah. So, 
as I said, there was an argument about whether Michelle and Coles would be allowed to speak to Peely or not. Where we, Jean, we never have to hand it to him. Roddenberry did back her up and say that she should be able to speak up to Healy. Like, I, like, what was the reasoning that they didn't want to speak it? Um, the, the Mark Daniels, the director, was like, Michelle doesn't speak for Healy. Michelle doesn't speak for Healy, therefore her should. Right. And Nicole's refused to do the scene unless he was speaking for Healy. It was her, apparently mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it had already been established that her first language was in the series Bible and mm. in the mansion. Um, and Nicole's was the person who said that if her mind had been wiped, she should revert to her first language. Hmm. Okay. So they had the argument that Jean said we're doing it in Swahili. It's weird that that was even an argument. It, it makes no sense because you in real life don't speak it. Your character can't. Well, my character can't help fly yeah. a ship either. Like, what's, <laughs> what's Yeah. <sighs> um, oh, dear. There is a blooper for this where James Doohan basically takes a piss out of William Shatner for not being able to remember his lines. <laughs> but there's a line yeah, where basically Kirk's meant to ask um, the Nomad Pro about whether it needs envir- any environmental changes. And Doohan goes, but Captain, you forgot all about the environment and all that stuff. Do you really want to do that? And he's <laughs> grinning as he steps on a camera frame, leaving a slightly perplexed Shatner behind. <laughs> They're very clear that Shadow forgot that he forgot the lie. And do have just going, fuck you. <laughs> I thought we were a pro Shatner podcast. Olivia, get actor of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just defaming ourselves. <laughs> we're just defaming ourselves oh. by being pro Shatner. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, the continuity notes, this has a lot of continuity notes, both about the torpedoes and how exactly Uhura remembers her, remembers what's going on with um, right. yeah. her life. Uh, and apparently, I guess Kirk has uh, talked a computer to death four times, which I think yeah. is an impressive number. <laughs> it's more than the average person. Right, that's true. <laughs> I think that's pretty good going. I've never done it. Have you done so, it? I thought not. No, I, I mean, I, I certainly killed a computer accidentally, but never on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things, the other things that I think is interesting is the changeling, uh, the title comes from, um, I don't know if it's a, is it a Celtic myth or? Um, uh, it's about cuckoos, basically. About what? what? A cuckoo is a bird that puts his eggs in other birds' nests. Oh, okay. So, and then when the baby cuckoo is born, it rolls the other eggs out the nest so that the mother of all the eggs, eggs looks after it. Oh, wow. Whereas, actually, I've also, Changeling is a folklore, human-like creature found a folklore across all of Europe, believed to be a fairy that had been left at the place of a human stolen by other fairies. Uh, and I, I, I've heard. I, I don't. I want to be careful about how I talk about this, but I've heard that that was the origin of that myth. Kind of had to do with like um, neurodivergent people and people like not like if they had a neurodivergent child that wasn't acting in a way that they expected it to act or whatever, um, they would blame that on the fae and say, "Well, that my, this isn't really my kid. It was replaced by, you know, a spear or something," which I think is 
Um, oh, yeah, I, it, well, I mean, it depends. Sometimes changing mm-hmm. to an excuse for infanticide as well. Mm-hmm. In some system societies, like if you you had another child and you could not, those and you consider that you could not look after it. Mm-hmm. Like as I've been reading here, the fact that a changing ravenous appetite is frequently mentioned indicates that the parents of these unfortunate children saw in their continuing existence a threat to the sustenance of the entire family. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a pretty grim comparison. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the neurodiversion points also applies because um, Kirk's lighthearted jokes at the end even work. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right about the neurodiversion because apparently changing traits also in Irish legend are seen to maintain intelligence beyond their years, uncanny insight. That just sounds like children. That right. sounds like <laughs> shit that like all children say. All children say about the age of about seven and twelve say shit that they shouldn't know. Right. <laughs> or are just uncharacteristically profound or funny. And then the moment later, they ask you what your favorite dinosaur is. Right. <laughs> Children are just like that. Was there, um, ever, was there ever any follow up to this in like a, a novel or any or a oh, comic book yeah. or anything? So there is um, there's a short story I've read, which is set just afterwards, where Ura has to go to a planet where um, people's memories get wiped regularly to maintain political order. Mm hmm. And she's just basically like, that's fucked. <laughs> that's insane, because that happened to me, and it's not good. And that's <laughs> good. But that's a good oh still story, because basically she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. This is so ridiculous. And nobody seems to give a shit. And Scotty just goes, I died. <laughs> He's like, you have it bad. I have it bad. This is how <laughs> stuff it works. We kind of just have to keep going. Right. And then Christopher L. Bennett very recently wrote a book called If Memory, called... Um, living memory, where part mm-hmm. of the main plot is that key events that need to be discovered, only Uhura remembers and she had her brain focus. Oh, wow. So there have okay. been a couple of follows up, mm-hmm. but not in canon. And I don't, Strangely Wells probably won't touch on it, because it kind of happens later. Right, she's a, uh, Uhura's a cadet, right, in Strange New Worlds? I think yeah. They, they say, yeah. She gets hate. I don't know it was described, I just remember that at some point, probably in the pilot, Uhura gets hazed. <laughs> really? How well, they, it's, it's been described that they make, um, she gets told by Ortegas, one of the new characters, to turn up to her first meeting in full dress uniform, and everyone's in, like, casual gear. Everyone's in their own clothes. <laughs> she turns them in a ceremonial uniform. So, so the kind of Star Trek nerd I am is that when you said that, I'm like, oh, cool, we get to see the dress uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that, that's, anyway. me, that's me too. I mean, yeah, she <laughs> look great, but also like, ah. Yeah. I'm just raised to defend her as a fashion icon, so she'll <laughs> shoot <of> that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but yeah, they sort of follow up and they sort of don't. Ah. It's one I of those original series fine. moments they never follow up. Yeah. Because it's too deranged. Like, Scotty died once, never talked about again. We need like a. Imagine if there were short tracks for TOS, Scotty's therapy sessions. Right. <laughs> There's a, there are two short tracks, but they're just therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. It's, it's 28 different therapy sessions. It's, uh, I mean, it, it. you know, that's one of the things I thought was brilliant about Lower Decks uh, season two is when Shax comes back and it's not really, you never really understand exactly how, but you're like, it's like, oh yeah, of course he would come back to life. Like, 
they all did. <laughs> and then when Shax explains it to um, Rutherford, Rutherford is discarded for life. Right. <laughs> oh, poor kid. God. So, yeah. Um, are we quitting? I don't know. I don't think this is quitting. I, I don't think it's quitable enough. I mean, I it's you know I think uh, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna admit that I kind of liked it through all its all its uh, problems. I, I just kind of had fun with it. It's just a murderous robot. What's not to love? He killed four billion people. We're all about that life in Star Trek. Exactly. It's good vibes. No, I think I agree. The episode, look, there was no racism. There was no weird. There was some sexism, well, but you know. No well, the sexism is just a given. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, just comes, that just comes with the territory. Yeah, that's just Star Trek. Um, no, but. I don't want to quit this. I had a good time at the beginning. I liked seeing the robot lose his mind. Yeah. It, it would have been fun if they had if they had actually explored the idea of little shrimp aliens controlling a tiny spaceship, you know. I feel like um, we just end, then end up with the mice from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> well, did you do you remember that um uh that movie Batteries Not Included? Have you have you two seen that movie? No. Yeah. It's uh it's a movie I watched growing up, but um it is it's essentially these little robots and it's actually unclear in the movie if they're robots or if they're just tiny flying saucers with a bunch of teeny tiny aliens inside them but they they come and uh save this like brooklyn neighborhood from demolition it's really weird but it i loved it growing up as a kid and they're they're, they're they super like preventing cute robots. gentrification these yeah. aliens yeah that's exactly <laughs> okay what we doing. have to watch this film now <laughs> yeah. He's allies. I really imagine them like if they, if they had done the little aliens trope. What mm. I'm imagining is you know the TNG Andorians that were green, those yeah. which is tiny, tiny, you know, <laughs> tiny little green, <laughs> like the little the oh, little alien rubber things you got from those gumball machines, right? Like <laughs> when you were a kid. <laughs> Tom, Tom would Tom. I must imagine you were very. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you're talking about but not from experience right <laughs> uh, well I do I do recommend Batteries Not Included that's a, it's a fun movie um, and the, the aliens are the, the little robots are cute they're well designed um, yeah so trip nip score though um, Olivia would you like to explain Oh yes, the trip rip scale. We have all hopefully seen the masterpiece that is unexpected from Enterprise mm -hmm. um, when Trip gets a few more extra nipples. So you know it's right. pretty cursed scenes. <laughs> if you have 10 trip nips, that's a cursed, that's a cursed episode. If you right. have zero, it's fine, it's peaceful. You know, <laughs> it's all good. Uh-huh. I don't want to give this that many trip nips, though. I don't think anything was cursed, too cursed. It was just um, It was on strings. The strings were charming. <laughs> <laughs> Quaint. It was great to see the strings. Right. I think I'm going to give it one trip nip. Um, 
I think I might give it three trip nips for the four billion casualties. I mean, if four pe- four billion people die in an episode, I feel like that deserves a little bit a little bit of a uh, cursedness. Just for the <laughs> yeah. lighthearted side of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I condemn the genocide. <laughs> I'm just like just for the record. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the trip nips are not strong enough to condemn the genocide. <laughs> I'm giving it a two just for the genocide. So we round up to an average of two. There you go. <laughs> which is an acceptable average score for a genocide <laughs> committed yeah. by a robot with dance. <laughs> <sighs> and uh, we... right, while I I quit Star Trek for anti-genocide we're anti-genocide <laughs> and pro-dance is it the other way around <laughs> I can't remember but yeah that was um, that was the change um, while I you know contemplate murderous space probes do you have anything to plug to the listeners? Uh, well, um, I uh, I guess, I don't know if we should have disclosed this at the very beginning, but I'm an employee of Cryptic Studios, the game that, or the company that makes Star Trek Online. And so obviously all opinions expressed here about uh, trips, nipples, or genocide are my own and do not respect <laughs> reflect the opinions of Cryptic Studios, though I'm pretty <laughs> sure the company would be okay with me saying they are also anti-genocide. Um, but, this is uh, I, I understood that, but I do want to know whether is is SEO a pro trip nip company? Yes, <laughs> we need a full endorsement for trip nips. I want I, a trip nip <laughs> event. I want I want you know a reward for players who put trip nips on their characters. <laughs> Can we get trip nips in the store? We need trip nips on the online store. So I the way <laughs> I just want to make a cereal called trip nips like. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no! Every time it gets worse. I thought the bags were worse, but now imagine it was serious. Olivia, one day. day I'm one day you're gonna be we're gonna be like staying somewhere like from a con somewhere. Let's be like, oh you should have some of these. You're gonna open us, you're gonna like hand you a bowl that's two sort of like crispy nipples. <laughs> Like I a little am... bit of chocolate milk. This is like the karma for me just allowing trip nips to exist on this podcast. Okay. There was a resistance. There was a process. There was resistance. And then I gave in. And now this is what I get. This is what I get. Visceral trip nip pain. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to, I will investigate. Try. I mean, you can, if you shape, like a chicken skin correctly, you can fry it to make like a little nipple. <laughs> Why did I think about it? I'm hungry. <laughs> I haven't eaten for like I, six I feel hours. like I did this. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to say that um, Star Trek Online, we did recently launch our uh, Shadows Advance update, which uh, had uh, fun Mirror Janeway. Um, uh, Kate Mulgrew uh, plays uh, Mirror, Mirror Catherine Janeway, and she also plays uh, Prime Janeway, uh, and it's kind of fun seeing them uh, in the same episode doing their thing. So um, check it out. STO is free to play, and um, I love working on the game. I'm a huge Star Trek fan, obviously, and it's, uh, it's a real privilege. I mean, I, I love STO. I love a lot of stuff you've done. I've stolen a lot of it for my Edge of Midnight project. My only <laughs> criticism wow. is 
why is there not more original series content? You bastards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I, I know why. Kind of... <laughs> but also, you bastards. <laughs> I'm kind of astonished we have as much as we do, frankly. But <laughs> yeah, but it's like ages of yesterday. It's like, oh, it's fun. And then you, about a third of the way through, you're like, oh, this is just going to port me back into the main yeah, thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, like... yeah, I mean, we we had to basically design an original series mini MMO. Like, it's a whole other game inside our game that is all because we had to redo all the even just like the item icons right we wanted the original series hypospray so we had to make that version of the icon and um and then all the ship variants and all that stuff so it was it's uh, kind of like you went to all that f right and then it's like yeah we're not gonna you, you, after like you basically <laughs> finish the first part you do like one section of the game that like, yeah, you were done with you never see yeah. it well I, you say one section but it was like 10 missions i mean it's 10 you know, minutes so that's by, by seo terms that's not a lot uh, I well, take a long time to do the missions. Don't don't judge <laughs> other players, John. It's not a lot of, uh, from a game development standpoint. It is quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's from the a game thing, right? standpoint. It's a hell of a lot. It, I, right. I'm not saying it's bad content. I enjoy right. it thoroughly. I've made several different characters to do it again and again. Right. Yeah. I think, it but it is cool. also like I want more original series content. Right. I don't I want to go to twenty four and I stop. <laughs> yeah. John is a heathen. For the, the original series i don't i've said this before if you're out with john in real life you'll just start hearing the tos sounds like my phone, and it's, no, it's my, his phone it's his phone it's ringing. my phone and it's also my laptop yeah <laughs> it went i was in the archives once i forgot to put my arc i was in the archive in the national archives over christmas and i've got to put my um laptop on mute and it just made a noise and i put a usb device in <laughs> it made like the like transporter like activating noise and the guy next to me sort of slowly looked up of and then slowly looked back down <laughs> like he knew exactly judgment. what noise it was you have and he to. just wasn't gonna comment on it <laughs> you have to be That's stopped amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I do actually recommend SDO. It is very fun. Um, you know. You can simp for Mirror Janeway. I saw a lot of simping for Janeway. There was a lot. I was it was it was fun to see. It's always really flattering. I mean, I didn't I didn't work on her personally, but just as a team, you know, when people do fan art of, of things you made, that's a really, really flattering feeling. But your ships are great. All the ships are great. That's the best oh, part nice. of SDO. It's the ships. Like we... they look so good. Don't we all three of us have a love triangle over the Enterprise? We did, yes. yeah. <laughs> we still I'm do. I'm very upset. That is my wife, but I don't know why has two... other people are even involved in our relationship. <laughs> Olivia, she has two nacelles and a sauce section. We can all have her. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look respectfully. <laughs> She's so beautiful. Uh, I think that's one of the things I do like about Stowe is that we can embrace original series version of star trek but we also have brought in discovery and picard and all that stuff and the Kel even the kelvin stuff's in there right so no matter yeah. what flavor of star trek you'd like like we we let you play in that sandbox which is a lot of fun and you guys have been going for like 12 years now mm -hmm. yeah we've been going celebrated. for twice as long as olivia has watched star trek <laughs> if not no three times wait Three times as long as Olivia's been watching Star Trek. I started watching in 2018. Yeah. Oh, wow. Three times. <laughs> I think that's awesome, I though. I, I think it's super cool that you've uh, that you've embraced it. You know, that, that you saw something you really liked and decided to really lean into it in, in such a short amount of time. That's great. 
Yeah, it's a testament to my insanity. Why would I? Have, <laughs> I, 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 how did I got by past Charlie X is still beyond me. Like mm-hmm. that was my second Trek episode ever. Why did oh I continue? <laughs> and now we're here. You're here forever. Now. <sighs> well, you keep trying to quit, and then you just don't. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm trying to escape, but it's, just, it's hard, you know. Eight hundred episodes to go. No. <laughs> God, but yeah. Um. Thanks again, Thomas, and until next time. Don't wipe. Diatra Hura's mind. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. Nice. The edge of her mind. Wow. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.